You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that Paxman was much more in a pleasant mood this time round. Yeah, he was a lot kinder. Well, he was back to his normal self. I didn't yeah, mean kinder. Yeah, so he was kind of like a mildly grumpy old man rather than a really grumpy old man <laughs> just kind of your standard standard grumpy man standard grumpy mm. you know there was a show on uh, TV in the UK called Grumpy Old Men oh really it was just a bunch of uh, talking men in Gee. talking heads and men in their late 40s early 50s complaining about stuff good lord people watched that I mean I watched it was a very easy um, <laughs> formula you know, kind of reality TV yeah, yeah you just get some clips and then you just get someone who's quasi famous to complain about it certainly certainly different from Naked Attraction which we uh, saw recently oh, but yeah. this is this is not a British television show podcast about those shows it is about a specific one called University Challenge a far more wholesome endeavour than the yes. two that we <laughs> alleged subjected to. ourselves to yes indeed indeed, indeed. alright so this week we had Emmanuel versus St. Catherine's Cambridge so both uh, Cambridge colleges I think this is the first time that I remember this happening uh, outside of a final situation yeah and definitely uh, saw this series mm. um, and I and of course Emmanuel uh, came through uh, from the highest scoring losers just indeed. recently yeah and uh, St. Catherine's of course did very well last time um, I thought this game was really exciting really close especially towards the end kind of giving me a UCL versus St. John's vibes For with sure. the extremely close um, final few minutes. Yeah, I think the score was slightly lower than that match. Yeah. But again, the score doesn't tell the whole story. It no, was it actually doesn't. quite a close match. And yeah, both teams were taking a little bit longer. But I don't think it was because, you know, they were struggling or anything. It's just, you know, when it comes to the second round, it does take more it's time. It's more difficult. Yeah. Because questions are far more difficult, as we will get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've talked about Emmanuel very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh for those who don't remember St. Catherine's, because it has been a fair bit, a few it's weeks, a team yeah. with uh, three girls and a guy. So yeah. one of the more female-dominated teams, which is a good thing. Yeah, we definitely. I think we talked about how. Often, yeah. yeah, we talked about how um, it's actually it becomes something special when you have kind of three girls on the team as, as opposed to one or two, right? Which shouldn't be the case, I guess. But there you go, and I'm, I'm glad um, we've got teams like uh, St. Catherine's Cambridge. Yeah, and also what's quite nice is that they coordinated. They're all wearing their yeah. university. It looks like jumper or tops yeah that's true I mean uh, it uh, it does make our best dressed job a little bit easier but we'll get to that at the very that's end that's true and I have to say it did kind of look like they were on a school trip somewhere <laughs> yeah it was it was quite lovely to see and I, I don't know maybe sometimes that, that helps with team dynamics right it could be kind of psychological that, that people do that well there has been plenty of research into why you know uniforms do help and do not help in certain respects yeah I mean it doesn't really help here but you know, whether or not you know who's on your team because, you know, if you're confused about that, then I think there are deeper problems involved. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's not so much who's on my team, but what your last name is. Yeah. As we saw with... um, Well, no, that was the first name that was a problem. Oh, with his last name? No, his first name. Rout uh, couldn't... He didn't know the last name of his Oh, team. yeah, he that's true. Because they know each other on the first name basis, but not the last name. Yeah, oh, so, that was so funny. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think we should talk about the performances. And... I think we are correct in saying that Emmanuel definitely has more to show. Yeah, I thought definitely that, well, both teams were individually strong, Mm -hmm. um, especially when it came to starters, as we will see later in Stats Corner. But I did think that Emmanuel was just a little bit more efficient on the bonuses. 
For sure, and I feel like uh, this is definitely the case that Malcolm has come into her own as a team yeah, captain. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. She's now really, really good at keeping a conversation very decisive, going. Decisive, very quick, yeah. It, this has happened again. Uh, it happened a little bit in the previous one where I feel like sometimes if the other team is catching up a little bit, they start to panic ever so slightly yeah. and make slightly um, unnecessary early buzz-ins. Mm, because, which happened, yeah. Yeah, they could have had a much more significant uh, lead if mm. they, instead of buzzing in early just you know let um yeah but hopefully this will be points. hopefully this will be practice you know i think uh, anyway yeah, they, sure. they've been on they've been on now three times yeah, so yeah, hopefully yeah. by the fourth time uh they they learn and and kind of improve their strategy as they go i think they will um but yeah this is once again showing that uh, they really are a well-rounded team um raffle continues to yeah. uh, impress me every single time yeah i feel like he's the hidden powerhouse of this team mm, yeah and it might just be because um i mean he's not you know the most energized uh, team member mm. uh, so he's a little bit more reserved yeah especially when you're kind of sitting at the very end right maybe it's easy for people to miss you especially if you're not the captain and so on but uh, yeah like you say I think he came in with, with quite an impressive um, number of buzzers yeah and of course Malcolm I think excellent that it yeah, was great yeah everybody was great I thought yeah I mean uh, Bullinger didn't uh, buzz in but mm. she was still instrumental in a lot of the bonus sets yeah for which sure which I feel like is just as if not more important because remember that's where 15 points are yeah exactly um i mean of course saint catherine's also individually all strong every single one of them buzzed in um so that's great but then i did think that their conferring took a little bit too long just a few seconds too long each time um i think that really kind of bit them in the end and yeah that's an interesting one because i do feel like um scott does take longer to process um Mm -hmm. these kind of conversations Mm -hmm. which um yeah, there is a kind of thing where I don't know if this is something which can be necessarily worked on that much if there are other factors involved. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speculate or, you know, mm-hmm. you know say anything beyond that. Mm. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe there are other factors that were involved because what I didn't notice is that whilst they did take their time yeah. uh, with conferring, uh, Paxman didn't hurry him along. That's true. Whereas when Emmanuel were taking a bit of time, especially did, at the yeah? end, he was kind of edging him on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and this was what we said about St. Catherine's last time as well. We used the word supportive. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that they, they're all a really kind of wholesome, supportive group of people. And, um, and that was nice to watch also. And yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, they were taking a bit longer to confer, but honestly, mm. I didn't mind because they're yeah. such a lovely team to listen to. Yeah, especially we were calling, all dressed the same. And yeah. It was great, honestly. Yeah. I like that team a lot. Yeah, you yeah. really get the feeling that they get on well outside of just being a part of of this uh, yeah, team exactly which you know it's always nice uh, to feel because you can definitely tell there's some teams they don't talk to each other outside of practice times which yeah, is um, yeah. not great yeah we've definitely seen that but then I know St. Catherine's had a really good comeback towards the end of course um, yeah. which made it really really exciting but unfortunately just five points um, five points too, too, too short yeah and that's the thing because there was a final uh, ten point at the end where yeah. unfortunately the the gong came in before Paxman could finish. Um, mm, so if St. Catherine's had gotten that, they would have won. Yeah, right? and yeah. something's happened. We've had this uh, already this season where someone came back from behind to end up winning the thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, stranger things have happened. Indeed. But indeed. alas, it was not to be. Mm. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to talk about some questions. Yes, so there's a couple of questions that I quite liked. Um, the first music round I thought was really interesting. Songs that sample US political discourse. That was um, great for two reasons. One, because it is a fascinating topic to talk about yeah. sampling in music because people will sometimes be very critical about it, saying, oh, you know, why are you sampling stuff? That's yeah. suddenly But no, actually being able to take something that exists and then 
reinserting, especially if it's not music in of itself. Yeah, is, if it's kind of news or, or politician speeches, but then kind of bring it into a song and then you kind of reach out to the audience of that kind of music and you kind of get them to think about political issues, which I think is extremely important, which is extremely great. And then so we, we heard like from, for example, Kendrick Lamar and a few mm-hmm. others who do that, I think, pretty successfully. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, also it was great because uh, it's very clear that uh, St. Catherine's <laughs> are not that up to date. Uh, with most of these musicians with this the US hip hop and R&B well I don't know some of them are not are, are they are they current I know Kendrick is pretty current he is pretty current and still considered one of the best uh, yeah. working rappers I mean between him and Charles Gambino I would say yeah um, and they confuse him <laughs> with Eminem it's like okay even if Eminem <laughs> is the only rapper you know he has a fairly distinctive yeah, voice yeah I was I going say. to say that so yeah I think definitely not uh, not in the Spotify playlists of uh, Catherine St. Catherine for sure I mean <laughs> you know you could be uh, excused for not uh, really recognising Lil Wayne Fair because enough, yeah. you know I don't listen to him nearly enough and to... he's auto-tuned so much anyway that uh, yeah I mean he didn't go yeah <laughs> which is his usual kind of That's hallmark right. that of a you that, know, was his, uh, that was his uh, kind of 2000s shtick I think exactly and then also, Ariana Grande, I didn't realize she also uh, mm-hmm. would uh, include that kind of sampling in her yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's just because I don't really listen to much Ariana Grande. Me neither. Maybe I should uh, remedy that. Yeah, yeah, no. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, quite funny that uh, none of them recognized Public Enemy in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But Paxman was like, no, that's Public Enemy. <laughs> like, can you imagine that's if great. Paxman is a hardcore fan of Public Enemy? Hey, hey, we, we don't know, we never know. You never know, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, and then I quite liked um, the other question on kind of film soundtracks which feature piano concertos. That was kind of quite similar to this uh, the music round um, where you kind of have samples of, of different pieces of music. Um, and then, of course, it gave us this wonderful moment of Paxman going, he shakes me and quakes me and makes me goose pimply all over. <laughs> it's always great when the questions force Paxman to quote something or say something uh, funny. I mean... It hasn't quite reached the grrr level of um, <laughs> no, enjoyment. No, but, uh, but I think we found a title for this episode. Let's for sure. Say that, that was a lot of fun to listen <laughs> to. So I think um, Emmanuel also enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did quite well in that mm. round, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Other ones I liked, I actually, you'd be surprised to hear this, I liked the return of the English Geography Nerd. Yes, Because indeed. this time it was an interesting twist because there was place <laughs> names which shared a name with another entity. Mm. First it was, yeah, a place name which shares a name with an island in Canada because, you know, one of the, you know, of the many sins of colonialism, one of the lesser ones was that they were very unoriginal when it came to names. Yeah. You know, looking at you, New South Wales, mm-hmm. a place in Australia that looks nothing like Wales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but then also, you know, named after a person mm. or, you know, kind of a sharing of the first four letters of a state in Yeah, I think this, this UK geography question setters kind of at this point, he's just like, please, please just get some of these correct. <laughs> but I do uh, points for originality and yeah. having new twists on uh, standard questions. I always think that yeah. that is what makes the second round sometimes a bit more interesting than the first mm. one. Because, you know, you have, you know the best teams of the first round coming through mm. and then they start being a bit more inventive and you have to apply mm. critical thinking not just trivia knowledge when it exactly. comes to exactly you know, no it's, it's wonderful and it's really wonderful when, when teams are able to do so well on the questions too absolutely and of course um, I quite like the one about um, accent markers yeah okay because it's one of those ones where you don't really think about what they're called you just kind of know what they are yeah so like uh, the tilde which is, I just think of like the squiggly or the enya ah uh, right and the uh, accent uh, accent 
Axon Graf. Axon Graf. And yeah. what's the other one? Axon Aigu. Aigu is the one that's going in going the other up. direction. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But yeah, I really like uh, kind of that kind of uh, yeah, yeah those kinds of questions yeah yeah and also a lot about random jottings which i didn't know was a whole um movement in uh, ancient japanese uh, literature and art yeah i had no idea about that as well which i feel like is such a lovely evocative term for what i think yeah. a lot of artists do which is just that's true whatever comes to mind just gets put onto a piece of paper and then and and there's artistic value that is recognized in that i think that's pretty great yeah i feel like we should have more artists like that because yeah. i feel like Sometimes we've become more concerned about, you know, having a very severe structure when it comes to certain artworks. Right, so. but then there's always first drafts of everything. And that's a cool look at process, how people kind of get... And, and it's always, like, I think it's important also for artists to know that your first attempt is not your best attempt. And there's always, like, a lot of... There's a process that, that goes before that. There's sketches, there's drafts. And um, I think that could be encouraging for other people. Oh, yeah, it's like, I uh, I don't know how my teacher found this, but I thought, saw one of the first drafts of The Wasteland. Yes. By, um, oh, amazing. Elliot, yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, and so you could see all of his um, editor scribblings and in the corners oh, wow. and it was an interesting insight into her working relationship with him because yeah. it was like what's the point of this this is not connecting to anything that's amazing that's fascinating like exactly right so you think that all these kind of artists poets writers they come up with these uh, works of art immediately they just wake up <laughs> ooze excellent prose yeah. but actually no it's a quite a process it's to make process. something publishable yeah, yeah. So exactly so anyone that wants to get into writing or art I feel like um, that, that would be pretty cool to explore like what did these first drafts and random jottings look like for sure um, and then the first picture around was EGOT winners, which you had to guess who the person was by yeah, the, the title of the award they won in those different categories. And the year as well, yeah. Yeah, that one was tough because, mm. I mean, so a lot of people, I think, know uh, EGOTs, but normally they think about, you know, actors who take part. But this was um, composers. Composers, exactly. And that one, I feel like there's far more EGOT winners mm. because, you know, this kind of maybe a little bit more transferable whereas definitely because like movie soundtracks or original songs and things like that yeah for sure and I think that also you know when it comes to performers sometimes you can be a really great theatre performer but yeah. you struggle on a big screen because oh, you're used yeah. to making big gestures, uh, big gestures which yeah. doesn't work on a more subtle scene and then vice versa mm, that's very true yeah, and then the second uh, picture round was interesting because it reminded you of uh, having to learn how to do pointillism. Yeah, so for... I think one of the, the works was a kind of kind of pointillism, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it kind of uh, gave me traumatic flashbacks to, to secondary school where we had to we had to do a, a kind of piece of pointillism work and it took me ages and ages of just kind of point like dotting at this piece of paper and i hated that so much so thanks thanks question setter <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it really gives you an insight like we we're talking about the random jottings gives you an insight yeah. to who monet was because i feel yeah. like you have to be a very particular kind of person have that kind of patience yeah i think pointillism is probably one of the most kind of painful things that i've ever done so but yeah if you've got the ability to the patience like you said to go through with it then uh, yeah all power to you i think that's it for the questions we really want to talk about mm -hmm. so uh, we could move into some stats i think it is time to take a good hard shift into <laughs> stats corner yeah so like we were saying at the beginning both teams were actually um strong individually so when it came to starter questions uh emmanuel came in with seven out of 15 but okay. St. Catherine's came in with 8 out of 12. 
Really? Yeah, so actually St. Catherine's came in with, with more correct um, sort of questions. But then when it came to the bonus sets, Emmanuel was um, better because they managed 13 out of 21, whereas St. Catherine's are only 9 out of 24. Okay, so St. Catherine's got slightly under 50%, whereas Emmanuel got slightly more than 20% of their yeah, bonus Yeah, like 62%, correct. and then St. Catherine's um, only 38%. Oh, that's quite tough. Yeah, and then, of course, incorrect interruptions, we had two from Emmanuel and then one from St. Catherine's also. So, yeah, in, in fact, you know, Emmanuel, if they hadn't made those, they would have been um, 20 points ahead. Yeah. Right? So I guess these things some um, factor into it as well. And then, like we said, uh, everyone on the St. Catherine's team uh, buzzed in. But then on the Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel team, we had, uh, you mentioned Rathol at the beginning, but also Tate came in with three starter questions, same as Rathol. Yeah. Yeah. And Malcolm came in with how many? One. One okay. correct. Yeah. All right, fair enough. But she attempted more than a few. Yeah. She, she Well, she, she attempted five. And then uh, five incorrect and one correct buzz. Oh, wow. Yeah, but then on St. Catherine's side, we had Michaelides with three correct, Hay uh, and Scott with two correct, and Dinage with one correct. So, you know, different strengths, but really it came down to the conferring. For sure. Uh, before we move on, I just wanted to mention one thing. Um, hey, often would uh, reference David Diggs as an answer. Yeah, okay. Especially when it comes to the music round. So, yeah, yeah I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know about that. It was interesting that you maybe was fresh on the mind uh, after some recent listening. Could or... be, could be. Oh, yeah, sometimes, you know, there's this one answer, which even if you know it's not quite correct, it just keeps on like... <laughs> Your brain keeps saying, this person, this person, Like this David person. Copperfield. Yeah, like, oh, well, yes. that one was more just a lack of knowing um, <laughs> Charles, Dickens. Charles Dickens, which I totally respect. <laughs> you know, we've not had many Charles Dickens uh, rounds mm, this season. I think we I think we did. We did this season. We had definitely a bonus set, I think. We did have, but I think only one or two. It yeah, like, definitely, definitely not like last season where there were season, four or five at this point. It felt like he kept coming back to home people. <laughs> yes. Hey, ghost, that's a callback. Ghost of Charles Dickens. Indeed. All right. So I think that is it in terms of stats. Do you think that Emmanuel has what it takes to get past the quarterfinals? Um, I think Emmanuel definitely are getting better. Like you say, Malcolm's getting better um, as a captain. They are more efficient on the bonus sets. But then um, let's see. At this point, I'm not totally convinced, but let's see. Yeah, I think the main, the two main things that need to work on one is uh, definitely maybe getting that time down even a little bit uh, more with uh, uh, conferring. They're already quite far there, but maybe yeah. a little bit more. And then secondly, there's something, because it happened in the previous uh, uh, one where, that we saw as well, that it feels like when it comes to the last five minutes, when yeah. they maybe kind of get their foot off the gas a little bit and then start panicking, trying to get back into the game yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Which um, is where, yeah, they weren't punished necessarily too much the last couple of times, but... You know, when it's a game this close and then you're losing 10 points, that's yeah maybe a sign that you need to rethink uh, how Kind of you... be a bit more maybe grounded and assured, right? Yeah, or maybe, mm. you know, buzz a bit more frequently, be slightly faster with the bonuses in the mm. first half if you really do want to kind of let off yeah. steam a little bit. In the yeah, half. I mean, there's so many, so many strategies that one could use. Absolutely, but yeah. we just have to wait and see. Mm. But until then, it is now time to talk about the best dressed. The real reason why we are here. Yeah. And so, on the count of three, one... Two, three. Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, I think I think that's um, uh, unanimous. Yeah, I mean, not just uh, because, you know, 
It was a very nice ensemble. I really liked her mushroom earrings. They were. Oh, yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. I like the color of the kind of knitwear, kind of patterned brown knitwear. Um, she also kind of reminds me of Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge. She kind of has that face and then the hair as well. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, she yeah. kind of has this kind of regal type of look as well. I'm sure she'd be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> you know, what I like about Malcolm is also she's always extremely animated yeah, when yeah, yeah. she's discussing or thinking about questions. Yeah, I'm very excited when like uh, it's, a, it's a bonus set that she might be familiar with. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Uh, but of course, I would say a uh, special mention goes to Pollinger because... Yeah, she, she looked very nice in kind of pink pink uh, knitwear. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit more of a kind of uh, turtleneck kind of... Yeah, exactly. I uh, thought that was that, that would have been my uh, second. Yeah, I like to know what she does to her hair because it's looking really magnificent. Right, well. like kind of wavy. Yeah, um, I'm a yeah. bit jealous to be honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, and also... I guess one special mention is Tulisa Catherine for really coordinating. <laughs> yeah, I like the colour. I like the red colour. Although it did um, make me think of the kind of jumper I used to have to wear when I was in primary school. <laughs> oh, right. So, um, I don't know. There was like maybe a little bit of an adverse reaction in that <laughs> regard for me. Yeah, yeah. That's not your fault. Yeah. It's a very nice colour. I mm, think uh, I Catherine so. has very nice merch. Very nice to see. <laughs> very nice merch. <laughs> That's true. Very nice to see on a cold uh, autumn evening. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was freezing today where yeah, we are. Oof. Three, four degrees. Oof. Awful. Is that? So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you agree with us, don't agree with us, you might know where to find us, but if you don't... Uh, you can drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com or you can even find us on Twitter and Instagram as I got that one. Indeed, send us any of your questions, concerns, feedback... Uh, now is maybe a good time to start making some predictions. Mm-hmm. But until next week, it is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.